0: I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that, can you dig it, can can, 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 can,
1: here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of Can You Dig It of the Andre Drummond era. I am Christian Rivas joined by Jacob Rude. Jacob. Biggest news of the day, other than the fact that the U.S. men's national team will not be qualifying for the Olympics for uh, the third straight Olympic year, I guess is is what you'd call it, uh, is the fact that the Lakers made the signing of Andre Drummond official. Um, I think this is something that when the Celtics and mostly the Knicks, because of the money they had, when they entered the equation, I became... More pessimistic on, and there was even a moment that I think I preferred like Gorgie Zhang to Andre Drummond just because of the fit. But he's here now, uh, and I think, unlike a a lot of tweets I've seen, I I don't think he's a bad player. Uh, I this might be a hot take, but I think Andre Drummond is actually a good player, uh, and I think he'll help the area play the Lakers in some areas just to kick things off what are your what's your initial reaction to the signing and how do you think he'll help the team both uh in the immediate future and when lebron and ad get back
0: yeah um i was both i mean i've never worried about the celtics and acquiring any (laughs) player of any kind of notoriety um Shut in debating if I want to. No, you know what? Shout out to the Boston media for just always being a shill for Danny Ainge and talking about how close he gets to signing players. That was tremendous to wake up to this morning. Um, they just continue to do it and talk about how close he gets to signing and trading for players. Um, I was never really. I was a little worried about the Knicks just because they could throw a lot of money at him. But I mean, when it's LeBron and Anthony Davis calling you versus. With all due respect, Julius Randle and, I don't know, Derrick Rose. Like, I don't I don't think that's much of a challenge. For this specific Lakers team, I also wasn't – I would have been fine getting Gorgie Jing, but I thought Drummond is what we needed more. Um, so he's who I wanted. He's who we got. Honestly – I did not really think that he was ever going to be bought out. I thought somebody would trade for him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, again, specifically the Knicks, I thought just because of the cap situation and just kind of the need for center. Um, but there were a couple contenders that I thought it made sense to trade for him. And I never really thought he was going to be bought out. He's good. He was basically, he was honestly too good to be bought out. I don't. I mean, I guess it was just hard to kind of cobble together enough money to trade for him. Um, I don't want to kind of exaggerate his skill set because he's in this situation more or less for a reason, but he's still a very good player that is very much going to have an impact on this team um, in a couple different ways that they could really use it. I mean, he's going to be – teams are going to have a 48 – minutes of dealing with uh, Drummond and Montrez just battling for offensive rebounds, at least during the rest of the regular season. It might not be that case in the playoffs, but they are going to just exhaust teams um, between those two and how hard they work on the glass. So um, I think that's the biggest thing is uh, he'll provide a big boost in terms of rebounding and – I I mean, he still has stuff left in the tank. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really a good situation for him in Cleveland. Um, And we saw even, quote-unquote, across the hallway, Nick Batum got a kind of a fresh start and looks night and day different than he did with the Hornets. So um, I think it'll also help playing with LeBron and AD. I mean, you saw how many role players came in last year. Dwight, Rondo, all those guys came in and looked – to some degree, like different players <laughs> mm-hmm. when uh, they're playing with LeBron and AD. So I'm I'm really optimistic about this. Uh, Alex Regla has been sharing all kinds of stats, tweeting him out that had me more and more excited for this. I think he's a really good fit. And uh, more than anything else, the Lakers just need bodies right now. So in that regard, it's nice to have him come in.
1: The, the, thing, with, the thing I'm interested that you brought up is them – Potentially playing or the the minutes crunch, particularly in the postseason. Uh, obviously, right now, even with the bodies that the Lakers have, and and even before they signed a, a ten day contract with Damian Jones, the conversation was always about whether or not there are going to be enough minutes in the front court. Um, Marquise Morris is somebody who was pretty outspoken at the beginning of the season as somebody who was literally a staple in the rotation in the finals. And was having a hard time getting minutes in the regular season at the start of this season because you have somebody who in Montres Harrell who is going to, you know, play starters minutes. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is obviously having a great season, so he's he's getting a lot more minutes than usual. Um, I think the j- just looking at the Lakers roster, I think the player that probably sees his minutes decrease. That the most as a result of this is Mark Gasol Um, and that's just me viewing as as somebody who covers the team and and looks at this roster but Frank Vogel actually had an interesting comment after the game uh, saying that he's when the postseason rolls around, he's expecting to play Mark Gasol, Montrezl, and Andre Drummond in in different circumstances. Quote, we're going to need them all. There's no doubt in my mind that we're going to need all three of them. Um, I, at at this stage, when, when you acquire a player, I don't know if you can say anything else without without ticking a few of your players off. I think that's exactly what he needed to say at, at, at that time. How much do you buy into things not changing much for, for the center rotation?
0: I mean, I, if you consider the circumstances, I don't think it's too crazy to say. Gasol is coming back from, obviously, COVID, um, which if you haven't read about, I read Bill Orme's piece about um, just what he went through with COVID and whatnot. Um, it's going to take him a while to get back to full health, basically. Um, some of the quotes he had talking about how he was basically winded going up the stairs and whatnot, so... Um, he, he's, he's showing signs of improvement. I thought he looked pretty decent tonight at times played 20 minutes. That is honestly probably around the cap that you're going to play him Mm
1: -hmm.
0: even when he's healthy almost. Um, so yeah, he's only averaging 19 minutes a game this season. So that 20 minute mark is going to be kind of a cap, on how many minutes he's going to play anyway, and they're going to kind of bring him along slowly, things like that. Um, You have Trez playing 27 minutes. You can carve some of those out. But, I mean, Markeith Morris played 32 minutes tonight. Um, As admirable as he has been, uh, he has not been that good. (laughs) Um, He struggled pretty badly in the first half against – who they play on Friday on the Cavs. Um, So he has a role within this team. And like you said, he was very important in the playoffs. I think he'll be important again. Um, Him and AD have a a night. He shouldn't be playing 32 minutes (laughs) right now. So carve out some of those minutes from him. Carve out some of them from Trez. uh, Maybe a little bit from Kuz, who played 38 tonight. And you kind of quickly get the minutes adding up to be able to play Drummond 15, 20 minutes a night, maybe more depending on the matchup and how well he's playing and whatnot. So especially with AD out right now, it's pretty easy. Yeah. When AD comes back, it's going to be a little different. But again, that's going to be another situation where he's going to slowly ramp up his minutes as well. So they're going to kind of have time to figure out the rotation a little bit in that front court, what works, who plays well together, who doesn't, um, things like that. For right now, I buy that he's going to try to play all those guys. um, Come the playoffs, I mean, you kind of said it, he's not going to tip his hand. Um, I'm sure he is going to say everything about he's going to play all 12 guys on the roster in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. It's going to depend on matchups, who we have, I mean, it's the same as last year with Dwight against Houston. Dwight and JaVale didn't play against Denver in the first part of the Miami series. Dwight played quite a bit. So it'll depend on matchups, how they're handling, who's adjusting and stuff. But Drummond's an interesting piece to have. and In some ways, he reminds me of Dwight just with Mm -hmm. how hard he's going to work on the glass. Um, Obviously not the shot blocker Dwight is. I was honestly surprised. I watched some clips of his on Synergy last week. I mean, he hasn't played, so there isn't any new clips on there. Um, I watched last week. I was surprised how athletic he is. Like I know he has that reputation, and he always has been an athlete. But like, there were multiple times where he went coast to coast, just grabbing the defensive rebound, bringing the ball up floor up the court one little crossover on his man and right to the rim. Um, He's obviously not going to do that a lot with LeBron and AD, but that kind of gives you a sense of how athletic he is. Um, So in some ways, he kind of reminds me of Dwight. And if Mark Gasol is the JaVale McGee in this scenario, I mean, you can kind of see how their minutes might work in the playoffs and whatnot.
1: I think the interesting about the situation that Drummond's coming into is any conversation you have with Drummond right now is a conversation of now versus the future. And right now, I think his fit with the team couldn't be any better. I think looking at the uh, the starting lineup, Marquise Morris and and, and Mark Saul have been fine together. I think if you're going to start Marquise Morris, I think Andre Drummond's probably a better fit next to him, just because he's somebody that operates in in the paint more than a Marquise Morris does. Uh, And you even look at the bench unit, Mark Gasol and Kyle Kuzma, I think have an opportunity to be very good together. I I think even in the preseason, you saw the chemistry building between the both of them. Uh, I don't have the numbers up in front of me, so I don't know how many minutes they've actually played together, but if
0: 348 minutes together, they have a negative 0. 0.7 net rating. but <laughs> I don't disagree with yeah, what you that, said, but the numbers don't back you up. Yeah. This is, this is where I'm team. I test Twitter
1: under <laughs> and <there laughs> any other circumstance. Um, I, I walked the line, but uh, on this, on this case, I'm all I test, but yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I don't know how big a part of the bench unit Marc Gasol will be if Andre Drummond does win that starting center spot. I know all the reports going into him him signing with the Lakers were Andre Drummond's going to slide into the starting lineup, and I think that makes sense for the Lakers right now. When LeBron James and Anthony Davis get back, you have to remember that that starting lineup of Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, AD, and Gasol were just destroying worlds, leveling planets when when they were all healthy. I don't think you give Drummond that starting spot based on just reputation. I think it's hopefully something he earns. And I don't doubt that while LeBron James and Anthony Davis are out, that he looks good enough to be that starting center. I I just hope that Frank Vogel recognizes or, or has the ability to recognize that if Andre Drummond isn't working as well with the first unit as Marcus all did, that he's able to make that change, um, you you talked about Drummond being like this year's Dwight or, or and you know a, a lot of the noise around bringing in a guy like Drummond, somebody who can be a lob threat, um, is because the Lakers have been missing that dynamic that McGee and Howard have that brought on offense. The other dynamic that JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard brought last season, though, was their temperament on the bench. When they had, you know, multiple DNP CDs in the postseason, there weren't any leaks from the locker room talking about how unhappy they were with their roles. We had a few comments here and there talking, JaVale talking about how, you know, him and Dwight really wanted to play and they wanted to be out there in the Houston series, but they were looking forward to proving themselves in the next series. Beyond that, it didn't blow up in the Lakers' faces. I hope the same can be true of Drummond because I, w- with the ca- with the quality of players the Lakers brought in in the offseason and with now Drummond in the buyout market, I think there becomes an issue of, you know, can these guys play the role that's necessary to win a championship? we knew that was true of the supporting cast that the Lakers had last season. If for no other reason than they weren't the quality of players that, you know, somebody like Trez shooter and Drummond are. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case when the postseason rolls around this year too.
0: I think everything's always better when you're winning. I'm sure Dwight and JaVale wouldn't have been so thrilled if the Lakers were down three, <laughs> one in this series. Right. <laughs> um, so that obviously plays into it. I, I don't think anybody's under, I would hope or assume nobody under any kind of illusions that basically Drummond knows what's going to happen. And in terms of playoff minutes, the Lakers know, I don't think they're going to sell him on any false promises. Um, and if he plays well, like he'll be a part of that rotation in the playoffs. Like, When Dwight was playing well against Jokic, he was out there a bunch. Right. It was when Jokic started to adjust and get the better of him, and it was the same against Miami. That first game against Miami, Dwight, in some respects, kind of manhandled Bam. Mm -hmm. Um, Bam obviously got hurt pretty early on, but, I mean, it was only when they kind of adjusted that Dwight came out. So if Drummond plays well, like, he's going to be a part of that rotation, and that's – Pretty much all you can ask for. It's going to be interesting. I didn't. I, I honestly don't know what they're going to do when everybody's healthy. Um, yeah, I looked it up while you were talking. That starting lineup you mentioned: Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, Davis, Gasol, two hundred and eighty minutes, uh, plus thirteen point nine net rating. Um, two hundred and eighty minutes is four times as many m- minutes as any other. Five man lineup has played for the Lakers. Um, if you look league wide and set the minimum at 280 minutes for a five man lineup, the only lineup that is better than them in the league is a Trailblazers lineup that doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. Like it included Gary Trent Jr. and they traded him. Mm-hmm. So that's literally the or it was. It's hard to say it is now, but that was the best five man lineup in the NBA, behind only Portland. Um and that's including like Utah is behind them. Um they've kind of tapered off. Philly's starting lineup was incredible. Milwaukee's somehow Sacramento has two of the top six, five five-man lineups or seven. Um, What's he at? But yet Harrison and Rashad uh, in that front quarter. Yeah, I mean they're they're both a part of each of them. So um but yeah, it's with with the Lakers, I mean, like I said, Drummond's going to have his chances. The starting lineup is going to be interesting. I would still – I think I would still go Gasol. I think he just opens up so many other, like, playmaking opportunities when they use him correctly, which, I mean, admittedly, Frank Vogel has said he hasn't at times this year. So – when he kind of is used as that playmaker at the top of the key, he allows LeBron to rest a little bit. He allows some of these guys to rest, and you find buckets different ways. Um, now, Drummond would be, would bring a different kind of um, dynamic to that offense or to that lineup. The, he would be able to create more opportunities on second chance points whether through himself or through the others. Um, he probably isn't quite as good defensively as Gasol. He's di- he's differently defensively than Gasol. Um, I think the familiarity part of having Gasol out there will also factor into it, too. So I could see it a lot like last year where they started JaVale as just kind of a token starter for pretty much the whole season and then adjusted later in the game. Um I would imagine that's what they do, if nothing else, just because of familiarity. But, um, man, given how the last uh, week of Lakers basketball has been, Anthony and I were on here last week uh, dreading what might be laying ahead. And, boy, we were unfortunately right because that was some dire basketball that was played <laughs> over the last week. Uh that Pelicans game was rough, um, and then they ba- they bounced back. I mean, honestly, they got some pretty important wins to kind of end this discussion of them possibly falling to the play-in spot. I don't think that's going to happen at this point. They're just too big of a gap. Um, but huh, it was rough at times. It's still rough. This team is... This team was in bad shape for much of the last week.
1: Yeah, I I don't know when Anthony Davis is, is going to come back, but it sounds like he's going to be back before LeBron James, which makes sense because he was injured long before LeBron was. Uh, but I'm excited to get him back. Um, last thing that I think we need to touch on before we head out of here is the final roster roster spot. Jovan uh, Buha of, of The Athletic reported today that the Lakers are going to target a 3-and-D wing with that final roster spot. Otto Porter Jr. got a little bit of run for the Magic on Sunday night, and honestly, there are a ton of players on that Magic roster, like Otto Porter Jr., James Ennis, uh, Terrence Ross, who I would love on the Lakers, like all of them. Um, Terrence Ross didn't play on Sunday, but they're... The the problem with these names that we talk about, and um, Sabrina, our, our colleague Sabrina Merchant, wrote a really good story on, you know, players the Lakers could target with that final roster spot if they want some help on the wing. Uh, she mentions, you know, somebody like Daniel House Jr. The problem with all of those names is that they're not free agents. Like mm-hmm. that, I I don't know if it's just teams not wanting to buy players out and have them sign with, you know, one of the Lakers or the Nets, and because the Nets still have an open roster spot, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Or if it's just the complexity of the play-in tournament that's making it harder for for teams to buy players out. They have this, you know, sense of false hope that, that they can crack the postseason and make a late push. I don't know what it is, but I am more pessimistic about players getting bought out before that April 9th playoff eligibility deadline than I have been in previous years. And if those guys aren't bought out, if not, if not even one of those guys are bought out, I think when you look at options on the wing for the Lakers players that are currently available, things are looking pretty bleak right now.
0: Well, yeah, if you're a free agent in late March and you haven't been signed, it's for a reason. (laughs) Um, But, uh, I mean, I honestly don't even know who uh, are free agents right now that you would even consider. Like, it, If it were if it comes to that, I just imagine that they're not going to sign anybody because I can't imagine anybody's on the market um, right now that is going to make any sort of impact. Like maybe they signed Boogie just to, as a locker room guy, which is wild to say, but he apparently really likes the Lakers. Um, or they – I mean, Shabazz Napier is the only other one, and that's because maybe sign him because LeBron tweeted about him that one time. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not nearly as pessimistic. If uh, if the Lakers were to, you know, somehow magically without tampering, maybe indicate to to Otto Porter that they could be interested in him uh, hypothetically, because they don't want to tamper. Um, just tell
1: us, and we'll let, we'll get the message out there.
0: Yeah, that. we'll we'll tweet at him. <laughs> I don't know if he has Twitter or not. We'll tweet at him. Um, I mean, there's going to be multiple teams that are going to be doing that with these guys. Your Otto Porter's, your Daniel House's, Sterling Brown. Um, I know Sabrina mentioned guys like that. Um, when you mention that to some of these guys. Uh, It's a lot more intriguing to go play for a title team, obviously, than the Magic or the current Rockets or um, wherever any of these number of guys are playing. Um, Mo Harkless, if he gets bought out by the Kings, I don't really know what the Kings are doing. Making Um,
1: again, making a push. They're they're pushing for that playing spot, and they might do like the Kings will lose like nine games in a row. And then look like they're on the brink of something. <laughs> well, wait, Welcome to the Luke Walton experience.
0: Yeah, I don't miss that. Um, but if you indicate to these guys that you're interested in then they're going to go to the front office and say, let's figure something out. And front offices aren't dumb. If you're the front office that doesn't buy guys out, that gives you a bad reputation. And, and that will impact them. I mean, agents don't forget. They're petty as hell. Um so if these guys want out, they'll get out. I'm not nearly worried. I'm not nearly as worried about that as you are. Otto Porter would be like A1 dream signing given the circumstances. Um he I think is exactly what the Lakers need. Uh, um he can shoot, he has size. Um, he fits in that kind of three, four, can play the four as a small ball, can play the three in some bigger lineups. Like that's the one area the Lakers don't really have. We talked a lot about it. It gives you a body to throw it, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, um, things like that. So that'd be perfect, um, the perfect type of player to sign. Outside of that, I mean, honestly, maybe this is just me. I'm not going to be too upset if a Daniel House or a Sterling Brown or a Ben McLemore don't get bought out. Um, guys like that, I I mean, they might make an impact. Odds are when the chips are on the table, they're probably not going to be playing. I mean, I've, I've been trying to avoid making jokes about Daniel House this entire segment um big shout out to him for his help in helping the lakers win uh last or in the bubble and that's so as far as i'll go on that but yeah
1: man jacob he didn't do anything
0: yeah he just wanted just wanted some wings or something i don't know um yeah i Otto porter is still the like the number one guy for me outside of that there might be some guys available um and if there's guys available on the free agent market right now, like they're available for a reason. I was looking at, I mean, your Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, your Michael Kidd-Gilchrist just have huge flaws. Like neither of those guys are good offensively. Yeah, one-way um,
1: players, but yeah. in the like atypical sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are like defensive-only specialists. So those guys are free agents for a reason. So I guess – Tweet a lot at the Magic to cut Otto Porter, buy him out, whatever you want to call it, and um, hope that after they do that, he comes to the Lakers.
1: Our old friend Tony is is with the Orlando Magic social team, so I'm not encouraging you to do it, but I'm also not encouraging you not to do it.
0: <laughs> I uh, Don't tweet at Tony because uh, he was a good dude or is a good dude, but yeah, other than that, I mean, tweet at the Magic, reply to all their tweets, tell them to buy out. Don't do any of this. This is terrible for the social media people. (laughs) Like, they already go through it enough, but uh, I guess just pray to whatever, do whatever rain dance, do whatever it takes to get them to buy him out, because I, I would be pretty excited if we were able to land Drummond and Porter in the buyout market.
1: Uh, that'll do it for our show. We got the Milwaukee Bucks coming up on Wednesday. That should be pretty exciting. I'm a big
0: fan of the fact that we talked nothing about that game tonight. Yeah. No, no. Uh, it was a terrible game. I was I had a bit prepared where I was going to act like the game didn't happen, and I'm the one that ended up having to bring it up. But uh, no, that game was awful. Like that. Never talk about that game again.
1: Yeah, we almost went a whole show without talking about it. Listen, I, I
0: feel I, like we needed to acknowledge stopped, it actually my- <laughs> happened. Like, I these st- people were going to be really confused if we went a, a whole podcast without actually mentioning that a game happened. It happened. Go check the final score if you missed it. Do no other research on that yeah, game. Do not
1: do not watch the game if you missed it. Uh. Yeah, I'm, I was gonna say watch somebody's highlights, but I don't—I don't even know if I'd do that. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for our show, and we'll—we'll we'll catch you again next week when there is
0: hopefully a more entertaining game that we can talk about.